Carol. Oh, holy night. We got somebody who knows right there. That's good. That's good. Maybe some of you, Joy to the World, or Silent Night, or Mary, did you know? My favorite one is number 240 in the Methodist hymnal. You know what that one is, right? Hark the Herald Angel Sings. We already sang that, but that's my favorite Christmas carol. It was written in 1739 by Charles Wesley. Now, Charles Wesley was the brother of John Wesley, and together, the Wesleys, they started a revival movement in England that resulted in what we now call the United Methodist Church. But what I love about this Christmas carol is how the words capture kind of the heart of the meaning of Christmas. Here's just a few of the words that we sang earlier. Hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace. Hail the Son of Righteousness. Light and life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings. Mild he lays his by, born that we no more may die, born to raise us from the earth, born to give us second birth. Hark, the herald angel sings, glory to the newborn king. Now there's three words in this, this hymn that I love, you know, it's kind of the heart of the Christmas message. There's three words in that hymn that actually come from a very ancient Christmas carol. Light and life, or he sings it, life and light. This takes us all the way back to the very first generations of Christianity, to the Apostle John, the disciple John, the beloved, Jesus' beloved. In his faith community, they would gather together and sing, and they would sing a Christmas carol that you heard Dave read just a little while ago. Remember the words? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the word was God. All things came into being through him. Not one thing came into being but by him. And what was coming into being was life. And the life was the light of the world. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness will not overcome it. Now I don't know the tune that they used to sing those words. But we know the words. And... We know the truth of those words. A light shines in the darkness, and the darkness will not overcome it. I mean, imagine with me for a moment. Imagine that you're in a dark room, a really dark room. You know, so dark that you can put your hand in front of your face and you can't see it that dark of a room. And in the darkness of that room, then light a single candle, just one candle. And what does the light of that candle do to the darkness of that room? It begins to push it away. And because of the light of that candle, you begin to see. You begin to see what was there all along, but hidden in the darkness. But now, because of the light of that candle, you can see it. And the darkness can't overcome it. I mean, it's not like you can turn up the darkness dial and make the room all the more dark until the light finally is overcome by it. The darker the room, the more dramatic the light. Dark doesn't come over light, overcome light. Light overcomes darkness. And Jesus said, I am the light of the world. In the Christmas story, we hear that 
this light has come into the world and the darkness will not overcome it. And we know what it is meant by that because we know, we know the darkness. I mean, Jesus knew the darkness too. 33 years after he was born, he hung on a cross and died. And remember what the scriptures tell us happened as he was taking his last breath. As he was taking his last breath, the scriptures tell us that the sky drew dark. Darkness covered the face of the earth. Jesus knew darkness. We, we know the dark. We think of October 1. Of the darkness. We, we think of the shooting in the Tree of Life synagogue. We know the darkness. We see the atrocities that human beings are capable of perpetrating against innocent people. We know the darkness. And not just the darkness of violence against humanity. But there's other ways that we experience a little darkness, sometimes even in the deep recesses of our own spirits. This metaphor of darkness, it can help us to understand things like what fear does to us. When we live in fear of other human beings, well, gradually the world becomes a cold and dark place. This metaphor of darkness helps us to understand what anger can do to us. As our anger eats away at our humanity, leaving us but a shadow of what we could have been. This metaphor of darkness, it can help us to understand what hatred does to us as our hearts turn cold and fill of, filled with bitterness and thoughts of revenge, darkness. This metaphor of darkness can help us to understand what things like gossip and lies and, and harsh words do as it creates the space in which we live that begins to feel kind of cold and kind of dark. We know the darkness. We know it. And... We also know the darkness of despair. That darkness of despair, we lose a loved one and our hearts are filled with sorrow. The darkness feels mighty dark and cold. The darkness of depression, how difficult it can be to find our way out. And the struggles of life, one struggle upon another can leave us feeling a sense of hopelessness. And well, we know the darkness. We know the darkness so well that we can begin to wonder, why doesn't God do something, something about all of the darkness in this world? Did you know that way back in the early years of the Christian church, December 25th was the day of the winter solstice. You know, the, the longest night of the year. It was on, at, on that night when the darkness was its greatest that the early Christians gathered together to sing, a light shines in the darkness and the darkness will not overcome it. And Christmas is God's response to the darkness of this world. Remember? How the Bible begins, Genesis chapter 1, the very first page, the very first couple of lines in the whole Bible. It starts with nothing existing but chaos or the darkness. And then God speaks. 
Let there be light. And there was light. Christmas is like that, you know, God speaking. The Word became flesh to dwell among us. God speaks into the darkness of our lives, into the darkness of our despair, into the darkness of our fear, into the darkness of our brokenness, into the darkness of our sinfulness. God speaks a word and says, let there be light. For unto us a child is born. And this child is like a little light that shines in the midst of the darkness. And not even the darkness of death can overcome it. Remember, after Jesus died, he was laid in a tomb. In a tomb. The darkness of a tomb. So dark you can't see your hand in front of your face kind of darkness. And just at that moment when it seemed as though the darkness had won, when the darkness had overcome the light, we have that first Easter morning when a brilliant and glorious light bursts forth with such power that the stone in front of the tomb cannot resist it, cannot hold it back. Jesus was raised from the dead. The darkness could not overcome the light. It couldn't overcome the light then. It cannot overcome the light now. It will not overcome the light in my life, and it cannot overcome the light in your life. Jesus is the light of the world. And so we sing, light and life to all he brings. You know, God has a strategy for this light to, to shine with more brilliance. God has a strategy. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus, you know, who is the light of the world, Jesus says to his disciples, says to us, now you're the light of the world. Let your light shine before others. You know, it's like one candle becoming two, becoming three, becoming a hundred, becoming a thousand. And soon the darkness, it begins to vanish. This is the meaning of our candlelight service. When we sing Silent Night and we have our candles held in hand, this is the meaning of that service. We don't light the candles to create ambiance in our sanctuary. <laughs> and we don't light the candles to try to make this place feel a little bit more holy. We give you a candle. As a reminder, not only that the light of Christ shines in your life, and it does. The light of Christ shines in your life. The candle is a reminder of that. But we give you that candle not only as a reminder of the light of Christ, but also we give you that candle representing your life. Representing your life. That you are the light of the world. And that when you leave this place, you take with you something of the light of Jesus Christ. And the light that you carry with you, the darkness cannot overcome it. You carry it out into the lives of the people that you know. Folks who are struggling with darkness in one way or another in their lives, maybe with bitterness, maybe with fear, maybe with some kind of brokenness, but you carry that light to them. And because you carry that light, 
they can begin to see what has always been there, but they could not see it before because it was hidden in the darkness. But now they can see that God loves them, that God can help them, that there is hope that the darkness can never overcome the light. Light and life to all, to all he brings. In a few minutes, we're going to have our candle lighting service. From the flame of this one candle that I brought in, all of our candles will be lit. Do not miss the symbolism. Merry Christmas.